KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio In Depth. I'm Matt Leon. Been an incredibly challenging last 15 months or so for the world of higher ed as colleges and universities have tried to navigate the pandemic and virtual learning on the fly. But it would seem that brighter days are ahead, and it would seem that most schools are expecting to be in person in the fall. One of those schools, Westchester University, and we caught up with University President Chris Fiorentino to talk about his experiences during the pandemic and why the decision was made to go in person in the fall. Give a listen. So before we kind of look ahead to the fall, let's look back. What have the last 15, 16 months been like, you know, going back to late February, early March of 2020? Well, of course, it's been quite an adventure. We've we've all been through amazing adventures. But when we faced the original situation in the second week of March, of course, knowledge about the, the virus was very limited. And we were really in a situation in which... Anybody who, who, any university or college that found one case on their campus was going to have to shut down. That was the, that was the level of, of reality at that point. So as we looked at that with great uncertainty about what was happening, what was going to be happening, we all had to make decisions. And, and our decision was, was made pretty early to, to send everybody home at spring break and take a couple of weeks to reorganize ourselves and then come back remotely for the rest of the semester which is what we did. And then, of course, once that worked out okay, then we went into the summer with great uncertainty. We were hoping that things would settle down in the summer and that we would be able to come back uh, in some kind of normal arrangement in the, in the fall semester. But then the cases started to ramp up again. And by the first week of July, we realized that we did not have a high level of confidence that if we brought the community back, that they would, we'd be able to keep them there because uh, th- there was a lot of evidence to suggest that the, the virus was going to be spreading. So we made the judgment to to remain remote in the fall. And again, we had to revisit the, the, the issue uh, as we got into the fall semester for the spring. And in every case, we were, we were dealing with a lot of uncertainty. Uh, our primary concern was keeping everybody safe. Uh, lots of people were getting very sick and dying and you know, universities are not accustomed to having to make those kinds of life or death decisions around whether to hold classes or not. We looked at a lot of different possible modes of operation. We we put remote capabilities in all of our classrooms in case we needed that. Uh, we were hoping we'd be able to do some kind of a hybrid model. But we took a hard look at what it would be like to have classes that were only able to be, classrooms were only able to be filled to a one-third capacity. And then as we worked on the logistics of how we would run classes where only a third of the class could be there on any given day, it just seemed like a logistical nightmare. So we made the decision to just go face to face. And and then in October, again, we found ourselves in a situation where we had to decide for the spring. And we made an early call on that, which, again, people were every time we made these decisions, there were people who felt we were being premature but then, of course, the virus started to ramp up again as we got towards the, the winter, and that ended up looking like a good call. So all through last year, we, we opted to be safe, to operate, operate remotely. We sent the entire workforce home except for critical personnel. Everybody's been working from home primarily for the whole year. We've been able to operate quite effectively that way, so surprisingly, to some extent. 
but we've now reached the end of the spring semester. We've had our, we're in the process of having our commencement ceremonies, and now we're turning our attention to next year. And of course, we now have very different circumstances as we look to next year compared to where we were last year at this time, where we, were, we didn't have a clue what was going to be happening in the next couple of months ahead of us. So over the last year, what has been the effect? Have you lost faculty? Has enrollment been down? You know, without getting too much into detail, have you taken a huge hit financially? Are you pleasantly surprised how you've come through? Just kind of weave us through all those different levels of, of the sure. effect of the virus and the pandemic. Well, we, there were a lot of things we had to refund. Obviously, students weren't on campus. The dining contracts, the housing, uh, a lot of the student fees that related to on-campus activities. We did operate university. We did hold classes. So we, we, did, we did some discounting on some of the fees that students pay related to uh, academic activities, but we didn't discount tuition directly. We were able to maintain, and actually uh, in the fall, our enrollments did increase a little bit, which was, which was a, a, a pleasant surprise. We weren't sure what to expect. And then we, we held our own also in the spring semester. We were roughly same as the previous year. But when, when you looked at all the things that we had to do, refunds, and uh, one of the things we did to try to support the students, given that most of them were taking remote classes for the first time, we didn't want them to take really heavy schedules. So we encouraged them to take just enough courses to be considered full-time, four courses, and then we offered them the opportunity to take winter or summer classes for free. And we were very pleased that many, many students took us up on that. We more than tripled our winter enrollment this past year. And we, we didn't charge any tuition for it, but we did have to pay the faculty to teach it because our, those are extra classes. So we incurred a couple million dollars or so worth of faculty costs associated with these extra classes. We were looking at a significant dip into our reserves in order to fund all this. And then along came the, the federal funding, the CARES money and the, and the follow-up funding. And frankly, that has, that has uh, bailed us out significantly over the course of this year. We're, uh, we were looking at probably having about a three-year process of rebuilding all the reserves that we had to deplete uh, to get us, get us back to our normal state of operation. And I think we're going to be able to do that over the course of the next year, the, the federal funding really helped us. And half of the money that we received, we had to channel directly to students. So the students were able to, to benefit. We used it for a number of different things. We had, for example, students with apartments out in our neighborhoods here in Westchester who's, who had to pay their rent. They, they didn't get any break on their rent. So we, well, several million, I, I don't want to quote, misquote the number, but several million dollars of rent support for students who had to pay rent for their apartments. Uh, a lot of money went directly to students to cover the, the costs that they were incurring. A lot of them were losing their jobs. Their parents were losing their jobs. So it was a tough economic year for people, and we were able to, to use that money to help them. And then the other half of the money, we were able to, to put towards the costs that we actually incurred at the university related to, to continuing our operation with, with reductions in funding. So overall, I, I would have to say that Obviously, there's been a lot of hardship and suffering and loss through this last year, but we have come through this year just fine. The, the employees of this institution, the faculty and staff rallied around the students to support them. The students took their courses. They, they weren't all ideal. You know, obviously, uh, we were adjusting to difficult circumstances, but the students completed their semesters. They graduated. They, they continued to advance through their, 
their plans for their higher ed experience. And uh, so at this point, I'm feeling uh, a little tired, but generally very good about how we managed to navigate this year. All the things you had to juggle, all the decisions you had to make on the fly, programs you had to put together on the fly. Have you, obviously you've learned things, that's not what I mean, but are there things you've had to do out of necessity over the last year that you feel are actually going to, could be net positives in a quote unquote more normal situation going forward? Yeah, I, I think that if you talk to most university presidents right now, they've experienced some of that. Having most of our workforce working from home for, for more than a year and being able to continue to have this organization function effectively was really eye-opening. I would never have predicted before any of this happened that we could do something like that. But there was a lot of adjustment to necessity. A lot of our processes, obviously higher ed tends to be very deliberative. You're probably familiar with the term shared governance where uh, there's a lot of interaction with the faculty around major decisions. And everybody really understood that we, we couldn't beat around the bush here. We had to get things done. So we, we connected with the faculty leadership, we kept them in the loop, but we made a lot of decisions quickly and, and we operated remotely. And what it's causing us to do at this point is to step back and say, well, are there, are there parts of the university, the, the personnel base that can continue to operate remotely? Can we, can, uh, one, one very good example, I think, is that our business operations, the, the, the bursar's office, the registrar's office, the financial aid office, they function very effectively uh, over the web, and the students, these, these students are very tech savvy, and this has been a very effective way for us to conduct business. It would be silly for us to go back to the old way of, of doing business where we have long lines at the registrar's office for people to conduct business. So that's one example. A lot of it, you know, it, I think we're going to need a little time to sort of step back and reflect on, okay, th- did, we, did we just manage to survive doing this, or was this really a significant enough learning experience that we can implement some of this going forward. And so I think we're, and, and talking to other presidents, I think everybody's really stepping back and, and doing a little reflection on which things look like they might be worth keeping. I will say this, in terms of the connecting with the alumni and, and doing the, the fundraising for the university, Zoom has been an amazing tool. It enables us to connect with people all over the country at the same time. Historically, you wouldn't expect to be able to do that because most older people aren't really tech savvy around these things. But grandparents wanted to be able to see their grandkids. And so they learned how to do this stuff. And so we find now that most people are able to get on Zoom and and participate in in a session. And I think, obviously, we're anxious to get back face to face with our alumni and our and our supporters, have our events. But I don't think we will ever stop the the kind of Zoom meetings that enable us to be talking to people in California, Texas, Florida, and Boston all at the same time. In a year or so of challenges, what was the most challenging question you had to deal with, the most challenging decision, maybe the thing that kept you up most the night at night over the last 15 months or so? The, the, the funny thing about the, the decision to go remote, that, that, that ended up not being that hard a decision. We took a look at the uh, last spring, uh, this all hit us around spring break, and one of our people in, in the registrar's office had the presence of mind to survey the students about what their plans were for spring break. And what we learned was that over 3,000 students were going to be traveling. They, they were not going to be impeded by the, 
the pandemic. And so they were going to be traveling to Florida and Europe and, you know, in airplanes and trains and whatever. And we looked at that and we said, wow, this, this virus is coming to Westchester. We might as well just face the reality. So that decision was pretty straightforward. I think as we got into the fall and we started to, well, athletics was very interesting. You know, we have student athletes who were anxious to participate and were we going to allow student athletes to participate in contests? But, you know, what about theater? What about musical ensembles? So the, the whole issue about how to be fair to students, uh, how, to, how to not put the general student body at risk because we're creating special circumstances for special groups such as the athletes. And so we did ultimately, uh, we, we canceled the, the, the fall and winter sports. We did ultimately allow the spring athletics to happen, but under very strict circumstances in terms of testing and presence on campus and, and so forth. I, I think that that may have been the hardest. The rest of it, things just kind of fell into place and it was, the execution was hard, but getting to a point where, where we were comfortable that we were doing the right thing, that, that really wasn't that hard. It, it just seemed like, number one, we didn't want anybody in our campus community to die. We made some quick decisions. I think our decisions not only benefited the campus, but they benefited the Westchester community because we got our students out of town quickly. And, and I think that that helped here. Other than the decisions around athletics, it was just, it was kind of a constant barrage of things that we had to decide, but we had a set of principles that we were following. We just kept checking back to the principles and saying, okay, this is, this is the right direction to move here. And, and we moved. So let's talk about the fall. As of right now, it sounds like you guys are pretty are, are looking ahead and everything will be in person. Will it be pretty close to what I would have experienced as an undergrad in, say, fall of 2019? Yeah, that's that's where we're looking at right now. As, as we, we told the students several months ago, matter of fact, maybe even in, in November, that we were we were planning to return to normal in the fall. Planning and doing were two different things. And there were several key factors that were going to play into that. One, of course, was that we would have uh, viable vaccines that were available to people. And the other was that these social distancing requirements that were in place that were preventing us from having regular class activities, if, if that continued, then we were going to have a difficult time moving forward. And and we continued to, to watch and listen and Obviously, the vaccines rolled out, and early on, there were it was a little nerve-wracking because people were having trouble getting appointments, and we weren't hearing any movement on social distancing. And then things started to loosen up, and we had a, we were able to arrange for a vaccine clinic here on campus with Walmart, and they committed 1,170 shots to us for for anybody in our community, the, the faculty, staff, their families, our students members of the community. And by the time we saw that, we realized that, okay, the vaccine is out there. Anybody who wants to get vaccinated can get vaccinated. And I did a lot of reading and listening, and, and it was quite evident that the vaccine is highly effective and it's quite safe. And, you know, there are always risks inherent in life. And, and this looked to be a very low level of risk that, that, that we, people would be uh, incurring and a very high level of safety. And, and almost to the point that if you're vaccinated, the risk of death or hospitalization was extremely low. And so 
talked about it among the cabinet members. And I said, my view is that it now is the time to announce that we are going back to normal. This was this was right around the time that the governor started to relax the, the social distancing requirements. So we knew we could have full classes. And then we would start getting questions. Well, you know, what are you going to do to keep the unvaccinated students safe? And I said, well, I'm going to tell them to get vaccinated. The, we're, we're not going to we're not going to have quarantine spaces on campus because if 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 we use residence halls that we could have students in for quarantining, well, if people are vaccinated, they're not going to need to quarantine. And we're not going to, if, if our classes are scheduled to be face-to-face, they're going to be face-to-face. They're not going to be also remote so that people who get sick can, can attend the classes remotely. Because if you don't want to get sick, get vaccinated. And if our employees choose not to get vaccinated and they get sick, well, then they're going to go on sick leave. We're not going to to make accommodations to work from home if your job requires, if we determine that your job requires you to be here. And that includes faculty. If it's a face-to-face class and you get sick, then we're going to have to find someone else to, to cover that class during the time that you're sick. And the cabinet felt very comfortable with that. And my hope is, and Chester County is, is uh, has a very high percentage of, of residents who are vaccinated at this point. As we go through the summer, hopefully more and more people are going to be vaccinated and that that this is going to become a really a very normal situation. And if you're vaccinated, you don't have to worry about being around people who aren't. And if you're not vaccinated, well, that's a choice you're making on your own. So with that set of, of realizations, our plan is to open this university and operate normally in the fall semester and hope that, that everybody who can get vaccinated will. If there are people who have health reasons to, to not be vaccinated, well, then we'll certainly make the same accommodations we would make for, for any situation like that under normal circumstances. We have we have uh, protocols in place for dealing with situations like that. But what I'm talking about is that people who are healthy and can uh, safely be vaccinated, you know, if you want to come back to, to campus and be part of the campus, then get vaccinated. And you know, I, I talked to a president of another institution who held a town hall and and I thought that's a great idea. So we're going to do that where we're going to get a health expert in and and really just sit and do Q&A to try to help people understand what the, the real risks are and what the options are and putting out some public service messages where we're talking with young people about getting vaccinated. And and, I, and at this point, I just just before I got on with you, there was a, an announcement that came out from uh, Pennsylvania Department of Education looking at guidance going forward and everything is moving in the direction of let's open up and get back, get this campus back to normal. What's been the feedback from people to the decision to be back in person in the fall? We, we monitor social media and, and, you know, pay attention to those things. And if people, my experience is if people don't like what I'm doing, they'll certainly let me know. And uh, we, we have not been hearing a lot of, a lot of negative feedback about that. Uh, you know, it's funny, you get, you get some anecdotal things. I, I, I had a senior say, you know, I, I really like the, the remote classes. Can I continue to take remote classes uh, for all my classes in my senior year? And the answer is no, that's, that's not. I mean, there, there are schools that you can, you can go to that will do that for you, but that's not what Westchester University is. Our, our classes will be primarily 
face-to-face at the undergraduate level. Our, our, our graduate classes, many of them are, are remote, but no, we're, we're not hearing a lot of pushback. Maybe over the course of the summer, as people start to become more aware of this, we'll hear more. I, again, I, I felt very good, very strong conviction around the decisions we made last year and focused on keeping the community safe. But at this point, people have the control over their own safety. And it's, not, it's no longer necessary for me to be concerned about doing things that keep the community safe. They can make their own judgments on that. Has the last year or so, has it changed you at all? What I say is in your position, do you look at things a little differently? Has it changed maybe your decision-making process, anything like that? Well, I, I, th- I think probably any president you would ask at this point would say, I probably aged a couple of years in the last year. It was, it was a highly stressful time. You know, a lot of these kinds of Zoom meetings, every meeting was, was dealing with important stuff, important decisions that had to be made one after the other. So I, I feel a little exhausted right now. But, but no, I, I think from the standpoint of being a, a leader, I, you know, I happen to be a higher ed leader, but leadership in general, my job is to, is to lead this place and to, and to make the decisions necessary for it to operate. And, you know, this is, this is, this is what was handed to me and this was my job for this year. So uh, again, I, I don't want to, to uh, minimize the, the, the pain and suffering and, and loss of life and so forth. But to me, this was, this was a, a very interesting set of, of challenges for a leader to have to, to deal with. And it's been, I, I think that I think I've grown over the course of the year because I've had to make quick decisions based on limited information. And the more you do that, the more practiced you get at it, I think. And uh, you, you have to realize that sometimes you're going to make decisions and they're not going to turn out to be right, but, but you do the best you can. So uh, it's, been a, it's been a fascinating year to be a, a university president, I'll say that. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio In Depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.